everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. And this is uh, a special episode of Talking Animation where we are going to be talking about the new film, The Mitchells vs. the Machines. I really enjoyed it so much and I thought it would be fun to get to talk about it. And Stanford, thank you so much. Thanks, Rachel, for including me on this. So fun to be on this uh you know, a uh, sequence or, or series yeah. of your of your <laughs> reviews. Yeah. It's an honor. So thank oh, you. Thank you. And yeah, we had done uh, for Obscure Animations, we did Smurfs Last Village for Sony Pictures Animation. Um, and then I talked, I did an episode of the podcast with Conrado, my friend Conrado on uh, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse. So maybe uh, that's just a new thing that we do. <laughs> episodes you bring on. in a guest with, uh, for your sony <laughs> yeah yeah uh because it's really pretty amazing what they have accomplished and how they've been able to turn things around after a bunch of not great films that they did and now it's one i genuinely look forward to uh, every uh every time they have a movie coming out oh same here you know nothing says it better rachel then your tweet, which I think went, you know, <laughs> got insane. a lot of traction with, you know, the emoji yeah. movie. <laughs> you know, <and> then, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I, I put out a little tweet said when things are going bad, just remember that Sony Pictures Animation started with the, uh, or that had the emoji movie. And then now they had Mitchell's versus the machine yeah. and it got like 80,000 likes. It was insane. <laughs> well, it was well-deserved Rachel. And, <laughs> and so true. I mean, yeah. you, yeah, you look, you know, and I, and I didn't see the emoji movie cause there was just like, no way I was ever going to put myself through it. Uh-huh. You know, it looks so horrible. Yeah. And then you watch something like, you know, both, you know, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, but this, the Mitchell's versus the machines. And, there is this youthful exuberance and creative excellence that you just think, oh my goodness, this studio is on fire. Mm-hmm. And and in the best sense of the word, yeah. and I can with you, I can't wait to see what's what's uh, in store. And it's not just the stories, which are great, and the scripts, but the just the the animation is oh, the so animation beautiful. Animation is amazing. It's mm-hmm. it's so fresh and so uh beautifully done yeah i am with you so impressive yeah i mean i even said that the i will always defend the animation in smurfs lost village like maybe the story could be better but that animation is beautiful it is beautiful and they aced it because you know i was you know we had we had talked about this too i I got to participate on on, on that podcast. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. you and I talk about the first yep. <laughs> Lost Village and for obscure animation. And the uh, I'm with you. The um, I was those horrible, uh, um, you know, hybrid films yeah. were with with the Smurfs. Again, not that I'm a big Smurfs aficionado, because you know I'm not. But uh, I was just those were such a travesty, and then. Then this beautiful movie that they put out, you know, with that I just felt, yeah, this this does those characters, you know, Peya would be very proud of yeah. that would just do those characters proud. And it's been really a pleasure to watch. Agreed. Agreed. Well, this was really fun not only to watch this movie, but also I got the chance to interview the director. Yeah, which was so cool. Like <laughs> Rianda. Because it that was the nice thing with Netflix is they 
they put you right in contact with the the PR person for the movie uh, when you're when you're requesting the screener, and so it make it very easy for you to uh, to request interviews if. Uh, if you like the movie, because uh, you're talking right to the PR people, or you could ask to be part of the junket, or you know, kind of a thing. And sometimes they invite you, and sometimes you have to ask. And but I liked the movie so much that I, you know, I said, "Hey, I I write for Rotoscopers, a big animation website. I would love for the chance to talk with one of the directors." And uh, I got the chance to talk to Mike, and we had a really really great conversation you can uh listen over on the audio podcast rachel's reviews or at rotoscopers uh you can read or listen uh to the interview and uh there was a lot of really interesting stuff about the inspiration that came right from his own family yes and uh, some of the things about how they developed the style and i particularly the way they collaborated with Lord and Miller, which we'll talk about. Uh, but yeah, overall, what what did you think of the of the movie Mitchell's the Mitchell's vs. Machines? Oh, I liked it very much. Yeah. I I was so wowed by the visual style. Yeah. And you know, kind of a family comedy. <clears throat> Sometimes those are kind of hit and miss for me. Yeah. You know, um, but the uh family comedy meaning that you know, the dynamic within the family is really kind of like the main kind of the main storyline. The, uh, but this one was so clever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they had this family, this was trying to figure out, well, how, you know, each other and what they're about. And then tied in with the robot apocalypse. It was just, <laughs> and, 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 uh, again, just every single frame of the, of the film is a knockout. So, yeah. uh, uh the, yeah, I put on, um, when I my tweet my social media tweet after I saw it I I said that I immediately purchased the art book which is true and I just got it uh, this week. Oh, cool! Got the art book, yeah. And, I, bet it's, I bet it's a neat one. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to dive into it. Uh, but it was just so beautiful, and I just left it thinking, who can relate to this? Oh yeah, these characters exactly. are so relatable. Yeah, you know. Any, anybody and that's pretty much all of us with a family can really you know yeah can, 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 can i think can relate to yeah to, yeah because i remember i mean my my mom was pregnant when i went away to school to college and i i had i had my little brother uh was two at the time and the last thing that i wanted to to do was to be around my you know i had a 10 year old sister two-year-old brother and this new baby and the stresses that came along with all of that and so the last thing that i wanted to be was to be at home <laughs> and yeah, yeah so i connected with katie so much of her desire to go and I mean, it didn't really have anything for me. It didn't really have anything to do with the personality of my parents. Like I wasn't, I guess, rejecting them. I was just wanting my freedom, my independence. And, and I, I, my mom would joke sometimes that I was ready to, to move out the moment I was born. (laughs) (laughs) My first, my first word was stop. If that tells you something. (laughs) 
that's great. So, yeah, I was very independent and wanted to do things my own way. I struggled being obedient. (laughs) And, um, And so I just really wanted to go out and I I'd gotten into the school of my dreams. I'd always wanted to go to BYU and I didn't think that I was going to get in because my ACT score wasn't that high because I'm not good at math or science. And, and then I got in and I was freaking out. <laughs> Absolutely freaking <laughs> out. Um, and so I just really related to Katie. I mean, I think that pretty much all of film Twitter is just like this, this is our spirit animal. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I the, Yeah, I think the way that uh, Katie was uh, written, you know, and then, and then of course, the animated, um, mm-hmm. very relatable and uh, uh, really such, such a good character. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that was so nice and refreshing about this film, too, is that there was just such solid character development. Yeah. You know, like all the way around. Yeah, and and uh, uh, and done such a nice, just a nice touch, you know, with with everybody. I, I just I really admired that because even a minor character like the brother Aaron, I yes. loved him so he was, much. He was fantastic. Yeah, and yeah, and <clears throat> minor character, and but you know, instantly relatable because I think all of us could relate. You know, at, at that age, kind of what that's like. You know, when you and uh, and. But then also just great, great comedy from him too. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Terrific. Moochie the dog. Oh, my stars. The, the dog. <laughs> I love how you talk about, you know, with your interview with Mike from about the dog. I was like, I have to ask a question about the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is all based on his family, basically. Mm-hmm. And which you got to give them some credit that they you know they i said how 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 they feel about it and uh they were all seemed like really supportive which that's got to be kind of weird to see yeah see kind of a, your own family dynamic uh-huh. there on the big screen because <laughs> yeah. i suppose is it too strong to say the Mitchells are based on your family no they're entirely based on my family <laughs> yeah he was like you're really clear about yeah. he said my dad even looks exactly like rick yeah <laughs> and, he said, and he's like you gave me a little extra hair i appreciate that <laughs> so uh yeah and uh he it sounds like they were good sports about it which i really appreciate but yes. uh but yeah what do we think of the dad of rick you know um rick is is a uh, probably I think the most complicated character of, of mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, you know, of the bunch. Uh, I, I really like how I'm, you know, sorry to use this metaphor, but Rick's almost like an onion, you know, it, yeah. it, 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 stuff gets peeled away. Initially you just think, Oh, he's just this jerky dad. Yeah. You know, uh, but there's a lot going on with him. And, and I think I could really, uh, I really appreciated that because I, I mean, I, I don't, I have, I mean, Rick is not at all like my dad, but yet he was yeah. a, a lot like my dad. If, if right. Like uh, my dad was just 
I mean, he's a, a wonderful man. I love him and I miss him every day. But he, because mm-hmm. uh, you know, he passed a few years ago. But but my dad um, was such. Uh, he just didn't really talk a lot about stuff. He just he was just just about his business, you know, and mm-hmm. and and that's how he that's how he showed us love, you know, by you know providing for the family and and I think he sacrificed a lot. Like when you finally learn about that story about Rick sacrificing his his that that log cabin that he built. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, know. that's such a good moment, and I think that that's like such a part of growing up is you kind of transition from seeing your parents as these sort of authority figures, which they are for so long to being like real people that are flawed and, and kind of accepting them for who they are. And I, I kind of had a realization a couple of years ago uh, with my, with my dad that he's thinking, why, I don't know what, what's, what, how does he express love? I was thinking of it like with my dad and, and cause he's not, he's not like a huge talker. He has a lot of energy, but he's, he's not someone who likes to just sort of, I don't know, hash out problems and talk through things that much. And, uh, and where my mom is totally, that's totally her. And she's the person that you call when you just want to <laughs> vent or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. And I realized that my dad shows love through rescue. Like when you are in a bind, he's there and he is, he, he's, will do anything to help. You know, and I think that's why so many people love my dad uh, because he's been there for them in the, you know, in the tough times. And, uh, and, and he's, he's an incredible home teacher that's a thing in our, our church, uh, where you help people. And, uh, and he was always great at that. And I, I think that it just made me kind of realize that whenever I needed, whenever there was anything that was really a real problem, he's always there mm-hmm. and incredibly supportive. And that, that kind of made me see it in a new light. And I think that's just part of, like it's a part of getting older. Yeah, I do think so too. It's part of yeah, just maturing and mm-hmm. and and understanding things. Yeah. I, I appreciate you telling me that about about your dad. One thing I, I should clarify about with with Rick, the character, and my dad that are very different is that uh, my dad typically was would would not make like really crazy decisions or put the family in jeopardy like Rick right. you know, oh, like, every minute. Like, <laughs> I mean, and they played right. it up for humor, but I'm right. thinking of like the donkey ride, you know, and all this stuff. Just like well, everything goes horribly wrong. And I mean, it's funny. My but. dad loves, the, he does love the outdoors like Rick. And uh, he, he loves dirt biking and he has that kind of adventurous spirit about him. Yes which is not me really at all, except for the open, I guess some people would see the open water swimming that I do as being kind of, kind of crazy like that, I guess. But, uh, but other than that, I, I don't know. I don't like camping (laughs) at all. Uh (laughs) I don't like, I don't like sleeping on the ground. I don't like being dirty. I don't like bugs. And so camping is just not, and I swear I've had the worst luck whenever we go camping, there's always, it's just like rain and like, (laughs) (laughs) but, but my dad's, you know, he also has a cultural side to him. He loves classical music. He loves opera. 
Uh, he loves going to shows, uh, like at Hale Theater. And uh, so he has, he loves music. Um, so he has a, uh, he's a, I think a bit of a Renaissance man yeah. in that way. He loves some um, historical kind of fiction type books like, um, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of that author? Stephen Ambrose, I think. Is his name. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He loves books like that. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it would have been easy to have made Rick like a kind of home improvement, Tim Allen, yes. home improvement knockoff Yes, or even Homer Simpson for, uh, although Homer certainly has his moments of more nuance, Yeah, but it would have been easy to have just kind of made him like that. Uh, but he's, he's not, there's, there's more to him than that. Mm-hmm. And that's what Katie starts to realize by the end of the movie. Yeah. 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 And I mean, certainly a, a, a robot apocalypse will, will bring the family closer <laughs> together. <laughs> and I liked the mother Linda too. She was great. You know, I liked her very much yeah. too. She, and, and, and I think in so many ways she was a, a classic mom. And I mean that as a compliment, Yeah, you know, and that, this is mother who she's, a, she's the peacemaker. Uh, you know, she is f- fiercely loyal, you know, loves, and she loves them all. And, and uh, I just, I, yeah, I really liked, I really liked how the, how, uh, how her character, I, cause I didn't feel like, you know, her character in my, this is my opinion. And again, this isn't the slam. It didn't really have much of a character arc because she was already Grizz great. You know, and she yeah. was just like there to <laughs> kind of keep everybody alive yeah. and, uh, and um, keep, yeah. you know, keep them from killing you. I mean, she was a good supporting character in yeah, that way. Yeah, she's terrific. Yeah. yeah. She's fun. And uh, Myra, we'll talk about the voice acting, but um, Maya Rudolph does a great job. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that influenced too, because every time I hear her, I was like, oh, it's Maya Rudolph. I love her. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, Mike Re, the director, actually did the voice for uh, Aaron. I know. I love that. Because <laughs> his voice was so great for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The character. Yeah. I should have. I Well, I didn't have very much time. I only had f- like 15 minutes. Yes. With uh, with Mike. Uh, so there were many more questions. Maybe if I ever get to do a follow up interview, I can ask. Because a, a lot of times they, they start with. Uh, I mean, they always start with a rough track. Yeah, it was like the, it was a scratch track. You and know, then, they, yeah, and then sometimes they think it works, and so they go with it. Like I know that that's how um, uh, um, Joe Ramp ended up being Heimlich in Bugs Life. Yeah, uh, was it was on the you know the scratch track, and they just liked you did a good job, so they kept it. Yeah, I think that's happened with a, you know, a few Pixar projects. I know, um, you know, the voice of Rhino, the uh, um, in 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 Bolt, is the same deal. Uh-huh. A, you know, an animator got the gig. Oh yeah, it's yeah. Mark yeah. Mark Mark Wald, who's from Salt Lake City. He's a very uh-huh. nice man. He's a very nice guy. I know. Him. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, so, what do we think about Katie's little movies? <sighs> they're so funny and uh and i mean honestly i think what i what i love about them is they i mean 
we've all seen those kind of videos on YouTube, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, but, but these are amped up. You know, I, I think there's a, there's a real, uh, I mean, I, I love the crude artistry of them, you know, yeah. just, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, I, well, I, I, I think they're I, a kick. I think that's, what's so exciting about the world now that anybody can create. Yeah. Like, like you could create in a way, uh, in the past, but not like you can now where, uh, anybody can have a channel and, and just start creating and, uh, and it has its downsides of course, but, yeah. uh, I think that that, that can be quite powerful and, uh, it, yeah, there's some really fun, like dial B for burger dog uh, cop three and four, uh, Barfy, yeah. the portrait <laughs> of an idiot on fire. <laughs> uh the zombie party uh go- going there uh the perks of having only one friend yeah and good cop bad good cop dog cop good cop dog cop was that's a pivotal one as we know yeah. in the plot uh yeah. but uh they're they're uh i, I think they're i thought they were, they were really fun a fun, fun way to well and i i, I like to how uh in, you know she's she's a she's a home creator you know base creator kind of a self-taught creator and it's launch it, it launches her which yeah. in a way was i think like you know the directors or the co-directors own career like you know you had you had talked about in the in, in the interview with him yeah because he started it uh it's uh he was a jib jab yeah. Uh, the the greeting card the greeting company, card that, which I thought yeah, was fun online greeting card yeah mm-hmm. and uh, then he became friends with Alex Hirsch and ended up on Gravity Falls and uh, the the animation for this movie is so beautiful and uh, evidently they. Uh, they wanted a similar animation style to Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. Uh, and I think that they've really succeeded. And obviously this is not as comic booky as that, but the way that it blends 2d with CG is so seamless and so gorgeous that I just love it. Oh, I do too. I, and I, um, I just love how it's, how it's just it's 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 its own thing all of the character designs really are characters we haven't seen in a feature animated film and and uh i also loved how they i thought excuse me really successfully blended uh you know a 2d look with the 3d with with technology and and how they also just used all those little um little like hand painted flourishes. Yeah. Throughout that that was that's very reminiscent of Katie's own art. Yeah, and, and it was interesting. When I talked to Mike, uh I asked him about the visual uh appeal and uh he I remember when Zootopia was first announced and they had the the uh um the concept art and how beautiful it looked. And the movie is beautiful, but there was always a side of me that was like, Oh, I wish it looked like it did in that concept art. Yeah. Uh, and what he said was kind of on that line. So he said, and we were like, okay, what if 
because if you're in animation, you know, you've seen the art books. You always look at the art book and you're like, why didn't they make it look like that? Mm-hmm. What is this? You know, this stuff was great. And then they make that they and then they make that in the movie. Why didn't they make that in the movie? Yeah. So we we were like, how can we make the art book obsolete? Not really. It's filled with great stuff that we didn't put in the movie. <laughs> but we did want it to feel like, okay, we really just took the stuff in the art book and it just started moving. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> because I felt that many, many times, even in mm-hmm. movies that I love in, in looking at, cause I love art books and looking through the concept art and being like, Oh, why didn't they do that? That looks so cool. Yeah. 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 Agreed. And I just love on the, it's interesting on the letterboxd right now on their site, they have uh, a, 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 the picture of Katie uh, just with her back to the, Katie's back uh, and um, you know, her facing everything and uh, it's beautiful. And you would think that that's concept art, but it's not, it's actually from the movie. <laughs> it's a, it's a still from the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing that he said, that Mike said was the way that M- Lloyd, that the way that Lord and Miller pushed them and he said, so we were like, what if it looks wildly different? And then they were like, oh, that sounds expensive. So we would push it as much as we could. And then we're like, I wish. And then they were like, I wish uh, we'd pushed it further. And then we'd show it to Chris Miller and Phil Lord. And they would say, why don't hey, push it further? Why are you guys accepting this? <laughs> Yeah. So you can tell that somebody is, there were so many ways that this movie could have just been eh, average. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. And yeah. they really elevated it. Uh, I think through their artists, you know, and I think much was elevated because of the art, mm-hmm. you know, because, because of the animation Everything else works, though, too. You know, I mean, the, the characters are great. The script is very good, you know. Um, but but that's what I, but for me, for me, it was really, the you know, it was the animation. Yeah. I mean, I think of, like, something like the Minions movie where they have this family going to vid, uh, villain con, which has, like, potential to be really funny. Funny. And then just nothing. It's just, then like. It's just a groan. Yeah. It, they just do nothing interesting with it. And uh, so that could have easily been uh, the case here. But you start off and it's pretty alarming at first with her dad breaking her laptop. Yeah. That starts it on this very raw place. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, exactly. And yeah, and kind of sad. And again, really, uh, you know, just showing where their relationship is. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh we get to uh, meet the whole family and then we also then meet uh Mark Bowman. Uh he's the head of this uh, telecommunications whatever company and he's, Apple he's, basically. He's yeah, yeah, he's Steve Jobs. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 
and he has a new line of robots. He's kind of Steve Jobs slash Mark Zuckerberg in a way. Yeah. You know? We've kind yeah. of like the youthful cockiness of, of a Zuckerberg. Uh-huh. Uh, like an Elon yeah. Musk kind of too. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And, and, and a huge cult. I mean, he's like, this, you know, all these d- devoted followers. Yeah. That are just thrilled with every little step he makes, you know, right. every little word he says. Yeah, it's like Skynet, but pre <laughs> <laughs> Terminator. Um, but yeah, uh, they, he is re- is re- getting rid of Pal. This basically like Siri kind of, sort of Alexa. You know, it's kind of that yeah, idea. Yeah, personal and on um, on a phone, on a mm-hmm. cell phone. Yeah, and he makes it obsolete. And he, uh, he he develops these robots. What did you Called think of sort of the design of the robots? Pal Max. Uh, I thought they were. I thought they were great. You know, because uh, again, I think we, you know so we've seen some of these robots that are currently developed, and it lo- you know really looks like it. And then I also love how even though it doesn't necessarily operate, but it's like their face is almost like a cell phone. You know, right? Uh, even though that's not, you know, how it works because it's all voice, it's all uh-huh. voice activated. But still, uh, I thought I thought that I thought the design, the designs were cool. And also, I guess just take a little step back, Rach. I like the uh, so Pal, the you know the Siri type of thing yeah. on the on the Pal phone. It's an animated face. Mm-hmm. Uh, voiced by Olivia Coleman, who's brilliant. Yeah, that was such a good choice yeah uh and but i really love how they animated that too very simple yet incredibly expressive yeah agreed. yeah yeah and they there's a whole sequence at the beginning where they're basically like caught in this sort of cafe and uh they're you know kind of fighting back and uh there's a lot of really good dialogue in those scenes well, a lot I of agree. funny things i agree that that's pretty funny so when yeah the i mean poor Poor Katie, her dad, you know, rather than putting her on an airplane to go to college, you know, he decides to do this road <laughs> trip. <laughs> Which that is totally something my dad would do. <laughs> and just, and I think we all can relate to that. And it's just like, really, you know, because here she just wants to get away, you know. Um, but that that whole scene, you know, when, 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 when really the robot apocalypse starts happening in the heartland, you know, where they are, as well as at, you know pal headquarters is 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 really great i i love i love the supporting characters of that perfect family too that kind of comes oh yeah because they're 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 there too at that same place when the when the when the robot apocalypse really starts kicking in Uh yeah yeah and so they come up with katie comes up with the idea to disguise the car as the road is the middle of the road. And she just tries to get her dad to trust her with it. That it'll work. And then it actually, it works. Does. It works. Yeah. yeah. So that was a nice moment. And they, that's when they meet the two robots, Eric and Deborah bought 5,000. <laughs> I love them. They were so funny. They are, the, they are so, that was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love, I love them too. Terrific. And and the bond that Linda gets with them almost immediately is <laughs> yes, hilarious. hilarious. I love that. <laughs> um, and they find out if there's a kill code that they have to enter in order to shut 
the pal down. Uh, and then they have, we have a whole sequence where they're trying to kind of break into the mall to upload the kill code uh, in, in there. And that was also really fun sequence. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. And then they are almost finished uploading. They get so close and they, that's when you have the giant Furby, (laughs) 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 which I mean, I don't know if that will date this at all, but that, Furbies are 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 they still a thing? Furbies? I don't know. I don't know. Furbies are still a thing. <laughs> I was wondering that. I was wondering that same thing. I was like, well, you know, we, do we, we too bad we can't go to Toys R Us, you know, and see. I know <laughs> if there's still Furbies. I mean, we can look <laughs> online, you know, but still. But uh, yeah, I I really I really enjoyed that. Was really funny. Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah and yeah, anybody who. That was that was a fun, just just a fun twist that brought in just yeah, again, yeah, great humor, something we can all relate to. Yeah, yeah. and the music was really fun. Oh yeah, it, it, they have some soundtrack s- selections, uh, thing with bands like Talking Heads and things like that. But then they also have your score. Yeah, the great score by Mark Mothersbaugh, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, terrific. It was really good. And so they they almost are able to uh, use the kill code, but the, the internet, the Wi-Fi goes out. So then they can't. Uh, and so they have to go to Silicon Valley. And this is when Katie finds out about her father and what he sacrificed. Yeah. That he loved living in the woods and in a cabin. And he gave it all up for his kids to be able to have them be closer to schools and things like that. And yeah. uh, he still has the the piece of the, the old cabin. Yeah, that little moose sculpture that was mm-hmm. on a, like a finial yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So that is really where you get the heart of the film. And wasn't that well done? You know, so I, I, well done. Yeah. yeah. That, really um, good. I love that it was on a video camera. Of course, the Sony. <laughs> which right. It's <was> perfect. <laughs> but uh, but, it, but it worked. You know, it was a plot device that really, really helped explain that. And 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 uh, just because there's these old home videos. So Katie could see because, you know, stuff she couldn't remember when she was so little. Right. And and. uh just how much, yeah, her dad adores her, yeah. And and uh, I, I really love, I really loved how that was, you know, how they how they did that. Me too. It was so touching. I cried throughout, and I laughed. I mean, this movie just has it all as far as emotions. Yeah, it is. It's because and they do it, and, they, and I, I think you know the emotions are authentic, and and then the action is the action is great. You know that. When they're when they're fighting, when they get to Silicon Valley and they have that whole big battle there, yeah. In a, in a lot of ways, it almost I, it reminded me like it's of Tron, you know, yeah. like, you know, really cool, really cool design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have the whole section in Silicon Valley where they are disguising themselves as robots <laughs> yes. and they go like undercover, and that is very very fun. 
And you have Katie and Aaron working together, which was really sweet yeah, to see. I like that too. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they use Monchi to try to cause the oh, robots to so malfunction because of his appearance. <laughs> he, it causes them to air out, which was so funny. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. anything with Munchie was oh, yeah. a win. Yep, he was one of the great cinematic Perfect. dogs. Perfect dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so then Mark, Rick, and Linda free themselves and upload uh, the home movie of Katie's with Munchie to short to get the and Katie and Aaron are captured. Uh, but then they explain why they they will always stay connected as a family, no matter what. And uh, they kind of confront Hal and, and Pal and his, her um, cynicism about, uh, yeah. about the world. Because, yeah, Pal, exactly. So well said, Rachel. So, such a cynical character. And then it's just over throughout the course of the film just is getting more you know angrier and angrier over the Mitchells because they keep outsmarting her you know yeah. yeah and and yeah but she's yeah in a way it's like she's trying to take the family out which you know I think is probably kind of like some of the deeper stuff going on in this film because you know in that earlier sequence when when sadly the dad breaks Katie's laptop yeah uh still though I think you know the dad's wanting human interaction you know he's wanting to look at their faces and they're all engrossed you know including the mom you know we're all growing gross on their phones yeah and at the dinner table it kind of it reminds me of i absolutely adored a book uh called finding audrey uh for uh, it's by um sophie kinsella and it's it's so great and every morning the the mother will be reading the newspaper which is probably outdated but anyway we're reading the newspaper and we'll find some study or some article to start worrying about and freaking out about and <laughs> one day her one son is super into video games like he wants it to be his career like he wants to go yeah. to competitions and everything and she reads this article about video games rotting your mind or whatever and and you see <laughs> you see her look at her son and he, he's like, what? What did I do? What did I do? And then she starts, there's a whole scene where she is holding his laptop out of the window. And he's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I think it's great. that same kind of energy. Yeah. Uh, here, You know, that, that you're worried about your child and you're trying to do anything you can to help them. But at the same time, you forget to kind of listen. And really yeah. just talk to, yeah. talk to your children. Yeah. Um, so it captured that same energy. And I mean, obviously also the, the, the kids aren't because they see the parents as authority figures and not like real humans. And so they're not particularly listening well either, but right. obviously they're the children. So yeah, <laughs> But anyway, I just it think it captures that together. dynamic. It captures yeah. the dynamic really well. And it oh, just yeah. brings the so much heart into the movie. Mm-hmm. It's so good. 
Yeah, agreed. And I just loved Eric and Deborah so much. They were so funny. And they're kind of the, they save everybody in the end. It's yeah, very exciting. Which is so great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love that. And uh, the humans are freed and the robots disabled, except for Eric and Deborah Bot. And so they are able to clean things up pretty quick. Katie ends up at college and uh, is get then they end up all together to get the Congressional Medal of Honor. Yeah. And, and they decide rather than just fly or meet up in Washington, see, they decide to road trip it, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, yeah. I lo- which I love. Yeah. It's, and yeah. I loved all the voice talent that they got. I think that uh danny mcbride does such a great job as rick oh he's fantastic yeah yeah and abby jacobson as katie i was not familiar with her yeah i don't know i'm not familiar with her either and she was she was terrific Mm -hmm. yeah she's great yeah and it didn't feel like one of those uh adults voicing you know children kind of like like i really enjoyed the uh the captain underpants movie but the one thing I would have changed is have, I would have had children. Mm-hmm. In there. I mean, there's younger characters, but still, yeah, uh, it didn't feel that way here. I guess she's on the show broad city. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I Comic think I read Central that show. too. When I was, yeah. yeah, she did great. I really enjoyed her. I mean, and you have definitely some unnecessary, uh, celebrity voices like you do with all. Uh, Every all animated anime. film. Yeah, is, they, is, they have to have the kind of this, stunt casting yeah like we didn't really need john legend and chrissy teigen in this movie no but i kind of thought it was hilarious in in that the other kind of poking fun of their like their uh social media social media presence that looks so perfect you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and they have alex hirsch actually doing a voice i know i saw that too Yeah. yeah Which is fun. And uh, Fred Armisen as Deborah Bot 5000. Yeah. Uh, and Beck Bennett. Mm-hmm. Of the Saturday Night Live fame. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's really fun. And like I said, the soundtrack, Talking Heads, BTS, uh, a bunch of, you know, popular uh, popular s- songs. And then, then you also have that's um uh they have Los uh Campesinos, Sigur Rouse, Talking Heads, Grimes, La Tegra, BTS, The Meishi, and Med- Median. Uh, and they have an original song. And like you said, the score by Mark Mothersbrow was excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they did a good job mixing because you don't see soundtracks that often in animation right it's usually original songs you don't usually see curating uh so- a soundtrack very mm-hmm. often so i liked that that was really yeah i good. thought it worked really well too in this film mm-hmm. so netflix ended up buying it for 110 million dollars and uh, it was originally they had it as mitchell's versus machines and then they they switched it over to being called connected and I don't know about you, but I think Mitchell's first scene is way better than Connected. I agree. Because you know, when I first heard about this project, it was as Connected. Yeah. And and uh, I'm like, well, okay. I mean, well, I guess we'll just see. And, you know, I was feeling, you know, 
read the the story premise or whatever the story summary um i think the mitchell's versus machines is a lot better yeah too it just is just more much more descriptive of the film that ended up you know getting made yeah and i guess they had like a very a very brief only in a few cities theatrical distribution yeah, did it even show up here in Salt Lake City? i don't think so i don't see yeah i don't think it did which is such a shame a bummer. i would love to see, love to it. see it on the big screen i hope that for some of these movies that go straight to streaming maybe in future years we at least get like a fathom of it or something like that yes for just I, hope, a day. I hope so too to be able to see soul and yes i know luca. that's exactly what i was thinking i wanted to see soul yeah and yeah and then i'm coming luca and yeah and uh, I think Vivo is going to be uh, direct to streaming and oh, Netflix. Okay. Yeah, that was just announced. And it would be nice just to be able to see them one time on the big yeah. screen. Yeah, uh, and I they agree. did. They did just release Scoob, uh, which had just oh, gone. I to, saw that just to streaming. Uh, on is uh, that on HBO Max? Um, I think so. Yeah. Okay. And then now it's out on in, in the theaters. Is it theaters? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it originally it had just gotten just streaming. Yeah. But um, you know, if they want to keep it exclusive, I think you could. I don't think that having a Fathom event counts as like a real release, so you could still call it exclusive. Yeah. But maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. But but uh, it would be nice. It would be really really nice. And yeah. I mean, I personally, I would see a, I would see a sequel. I would love to see what happens more with Katie and the whole family. Oh, for and sure, they could they could totally have another adventure, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, like maybe the next one could actually be from Aaron's perspective. That would be yeah, fun. yeah, that'd be fun. They're such so, fun characters, they could mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, and so I just really enjoyed it. And so I wanted to celebrate. It. I want people to hopefully watch it. It seems like at first I, I thought of doing this for obscure animation. Cause I thought, Oh, this is going to get lost. No one's going to see it. Uh, even though I tweeted out, this is going to be something people, people are going to love this movie after I saw it. And, uh, it, fortunately it seems like people are seeing it. Yeah. And, I think people are seeing it and yeah. people are enjoying it. Yeah. So that makes me happy. Me too. too. That- it didn't get lost. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope that it doesn't get lost come awards season. Oh, um, I wouldn't. Yeah, I hope so too. And I would think that it wouldn't, you know, that Sony's really going to be mm-hmm. pushing it because they know they've got something really yeah. special on their hands. And I think this is going to be a great year for animation. But uh, if this doesn't end up on my top 10, I will be shocked of the year uh, just because I love it so much. So, you know, that will mean it's a really great year <laughs> if that's <Yeah>. the case. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so i really had a great time so thanks for talking about it with me i appreciate oh, thank it thank you thanks for including me again yeah what a what an entertaining movie and i said yeah, yeah i wish them all much happiness and success and success <laughs> for their great work so let us know if you're listening what you think what were your favorite parts we'd love to hear your thoughts and stanford where can people find you uh, on twitter i'm at stanford clark and I've got a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And 
if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We appreciate that so much. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. And also check out the Hallmarkies podcast. We have lots of fun stuff going on over there. So thanks, everybody. And uh, let us know if you have any other uh, films that you'd like us to talk about. Uh, we'd be curious. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Hey, bye.